My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. When my wife Sally and I got married in February of 2020, there were a lot of things we didn't anticipate. Of course, the entire world essentially shut down about two weeks later because of COVID. And while we did stay safe during that time, we also made up our minds that we'd probably never actually be able to have a honeymoon given the circumstances. But when we received an invite to a Tuscan wedding, we suddenly realized that our Italian honeymoon could be back on. So for about a year and a half, we planned the trip that we just returned from. Still jet lagged with our clothes fitting a little snug, we thought it best to record this episode as soon as possible before the romance of the trip wore off. Sally, welcome back to the Sunday Scaries podcast. Thanks for having me, as always. I'm quite jet-lagged. I went to bed at 7.30 last night and then woke up at 4 a.m. this morning. You don't need to thank me for having you, as uh, when this episode was tossed around in the stories of Sunday Scaries on Instagram, pretty much every person responded saying, please have Sally on. We need everything that Sally thinks about this on air. So, Well, like, no offense. Katie and I, Katie at Lux and Nick's, uh, our travel agent did most of the planning, mm-hmm. and you were just kind of along for the ride. So you did go on the trip, and you can speak to that, but you didn't do a lot of the planning, which is fine. Katie did most of it for us and basically completely guided us. Yeah. So if you do, aren't familiar with Katie, I actually did an episode with her last year. I guess it was almost about a year ago, exactly. Um, and she really just kind of planned everything for us on this trip. Her company, Lux and Nix, does a lot of planning for a lot of different people. And she's kind of an expert when it comes to Italy at this point, I think. And she just did an amazing job. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, shout out to Katie Griffin. Absolutely. And Lux and Nix. Shouts to Katie. <laughs> um, so many of you asked for this itinerary that I think we're just going to go through it leg by leg. Does that sound okay with you, Sally? Yes. Okay. Our first leg went from London to Florence and Tuscany. So I'm going to, real quick, you and I flew into and out of London by choice because one, British Airways has a great nonstop from Austin to London Heathrow. And we'd flown it before and it was easy. And when we were looking at flights, it kind of made sense to go into out of London. We were planning on going to a soccer game. We were going to see some friends. We did not anticipate Her Majesty the Queen dying. Correct. Which was a little complicated, but not horrible. Uh, I mean, horrible in terms of her dying, but RIP Queen Elizabeth. Uh, It was actually kind of cool to be there during the time. It was a historic time to be there. Um, Cool might be a way that I wouldn't put it simply because it was, it kind of, there was a somber feel when we first touched down in London. And it was it didn't really affect you and I very much just because we weren't somber about it. Because we were American. But when it came to interacting with certain people, certain places, it was just kind of like you felt like you might have been stepping on toes a little bit or you just didn't want to say the wrong thing. Even now I'm worried about saying the wrong thing. And so, you know, the, the proximity of her passing away to when we landed in London, it did change the dynamic of what we thought London would be like. And, and that especially came into focus when it comes to the soccer games that we wanted to go to right which ended up getting postponed not a big deal still had a really good time in london uh sally i think you know we i don't think i need to talk too much about our actual flight or anything but i think the one thing that people want to know is how did you fit everything into the two carry-ons that we used 
Um, I talked about it a lot on retail therapy before, but London Heathrow is having a big baggage issue when we were getting ready for this trip, especially in the couple weeks before due to some bank holidays, due to some staffing issues, things like that. And Sally took it upon herself to make sure that we didn't have to check any bags. Uh, what did you do? So now that I'm going to say this first, now that I've done it, I'm always a bag checker. I've never been a carry on person. Like if I don't have to deal with bringing my bag on with me, I would rather just check it. So this was a lot for me, but I think I'm fully converted now, which is wild. I think I'm fully converted too. And I, I think if There's I can do it for 10 said about the peace of mind of just having your shit with you. Yes. And, and if I can do that in te- for 10 days in Europe, I can do that for a week somewhere else. Uh, the one thing that does change my mind a little bit is just the fact that it might be an issue if you're going somewhere where you have to pack heavy coats or ski right. gear or stuff like that. We did have the luxury of having pretty good weather the entire time right. we were gone. So I, uh, at the advice of several bloggers, actually got vacuum seal bags. Uh, I got a pack on Amazon. I honestly got way too many bags, but we have them now. So I may start using them for storage. <laughs> uh, it's on Amazon. They're travel bags. And then it comes with a hand pump, which I thought would be really annoying. It was actually really easy. And that because your stuff is so cramped down, you could just put the hand pump in there. Um, so we we had two carry-ons, each of us. So we each had a carry-on. And then I had the garment bag as my personal item that we had to bring because you had a tux and I had a formal dress that we couldn't really space save with. And then your personal item was a backpack that we put, you know, headphones and things that we would need on the actual flight, which was again, a bummer to me because I like having my own personal item, like my tote and having all my crap in it, but it was fine. It was fine. I mean, it was fine. I, my biggest worry about all of this was that when we were doing the vacuum seal bags, that all of our clothes would be wrinkled. I think that there are two things. One, we had access to a steamer and iron at every place we went to. Mm -hmm. So that helped. But two, when you're, if you decide to go the vacuum seal route, lay all your clothes flat. And then while you're pumping the air out, kind of sit on the bag and keep smoothing it out instead of just willy nilly pumping the air out. Cause if you do that, I just realized we're not being filmed for this episode, but it all crinkles together versus if you're kind of sitting on it and keeping it flat, it stays flat and then just shrinks down thin. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked really well. And honestly, our clothes weren't even that wrinkled when we had to deal with it. So, I mean, obviously some you had you had to iron out or steam out mm-hmm. some things, but the stuff wasn't that wrinkled. It wasn't like beyond the point of no return. So Sally, props to you for making sure that we could do that. Thank you. It also took some planning because I think keeping your clothes together of like what you're going to do. So we kept all the London stuff together so we wouldn't have to open every bag every five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Well, our first day in London, our, uh, out of two that we're bookending the trip, uh, we stayed at the Goring Hotel. Bel- what neighborhood is that in? Belgravia. Belgravia. Uh, it's right near Buckingham Palace. It was kind of an interesting day just because there were so many people bringing flowers down to Buckingham. And there were also – I think there was also some type of procession or King Charles was – King Charles did walk by because it was the first day he had been back in London. And so it was fun. I mean – but it didn't seem like – even though there were a lot of people around, it didn't seem like it was a mob scene that day. They had canceled all soccer games that day or football games as they say. And we ended up just kind of walking into a restaurant. The Thomas Cubit, which we went to twice over the trip, 
And I think it's a restaurant that we will recommend. I will say that this is not a guide by any means. Like this isn't like the Sunday Scaries Guide to London because we didn't really strategize. This is anything. just what we did. Yeah. Like <laughs> so, don't take this as like you sh- you have to go to these places. This is just where we went. It was simple walking distance from our hotel. Pretty pretty easy. Um, the only thing that I'm unsure of on the London leg was the cool Japanese slash Scandinavian place that we had drinks at. Pintechnicon. Or Pintechnicana. I don't remember. Something like that. That's in Kensington. Mm -hmm. And we went with friends. It was a really cool place to grab a drink. I think it would have been cool to eat there too. There's four different floors to the entire bar, restaurant, whatever you want to call it. I think even a store is in there. And I would definitely recommend people going there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. We had a drink there before dinner with some friends. at At the recommendation of, I guess... A Katie. lot of people. <laughs> Katie recommended this to us. Then Tinks is real into it. We know I'm a Tinks girl. Uh, but then actually, for some reason, once Katie had told us to go to Gymkhana, it just popped up all over the place for me. It's just people one of those things London. where you think about it and then you start seeing it everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we went to Gymkhana, an Indian restaurant. In There's only one location, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Like Mayfair. Uh, I was having stomach issues at this point in the trip, so Indian food wasn't exactly something I was running to. Uh, I'll let you speak to the food. What were your favorite or what were your favorite things from the menu there? I've been told since that the way to do Gymkhana is the tasting menu. Okay. We did not go that route. As I mean, I like I said, I was I wasn't really starving at that point. I was kind of having some nausea issues, and so uh, Sally did the ordering, and Sally did you did you did most of the eating as well. We did a like a goat something. These little goat sandwiches, yeah, the, those and those were, were incredible. Um, I also really liked the fried prawn scallop situation. You were not as thrilled about that. The drinks were really great, and we were sitting in front of the bar, which was cool. Honestly, every we just told our waiter like this is the first time we've been here, and he just brought stuff. Yeah, which I think is a little tamed down version of the tasting menu. But we weren't full hungry enough. Or in a mood to go full tasting. Yeah. The first night after a long flight is always a night that I kind of like to take easy and settle in for. The I would one, that's absolutely what I've learned about myself. go to Gymkhana again. I would too. And I would like to go there at a time. I'd like to go there with numerous people. And I would like to do it at a time when I'm like in party mode. Because the yeah. drinks were really good. I had some kind of gin drink that had uh, some like... F- flowers in it and stuff it was you had a gin and tonic but it was a gin gin and tea where it had actual i think it had actual tea in it and it Mm -hmm. was really really good um and so yeah i i'm still a dishoom person we had dishoom on our final night we'll talk we can talk about that in a little bit but you know from there we ended up just going home crashing uh and then the next morning we have to wake up and go to london city airport uh to fly to florence uh some recommendations that i will give and i will let sally expand on this uh, if you are averse to taking the tube or any train in London, don't be. Get over it. <laughs> we made the mistake of trying to Uber places, and we soon realized that it would just be much easier if we just decided, you know what, let's learn how to do the tube system. We, and the second we started doing that, our lives became so much better. And so you, I'll let you tell the story of what happened. I think I wanted to take an Uber to the airport because of our bags and I didn't want to have to deal with bags on like local transport which was dumb because what happened was we started in an Uber we got about halfway to London City Airport which like for reference we were in 
kind of West London, London City's kind of in the middle or East London. Uh, it was going to be about a 30 something minute Uber ride. And I don't know what happened. There were road closures. I don't know if it was a wreck. I heard one cop say bomb threat. Don't know if that's true or not. Probably not. Uh, but everything was shut off. So our Uber like is taking around, then he turns around and on the Uber app, it's just updating like, okay, we'll be there in two minutes, like two minutes later. And I'm notorious for only wanting to get to the airport an hour early. Will is opposite of me. He would rather be there earlier, especially because we were traveling internationally and we are abroad. I think you felt like we needed to get there earlier. So I was just watching the time before our flight dwindle down to like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and starting to freak out. So at one point our Uber turns around. We've been in the car already for 30 something minutes. He basically tells us like we're in standstill traffic. And I look on the maps app and it says we're going to get there in an hour and a half. And our flight was to take off in an hour and 15 minutes. So I freak out. I, one really nice thing. I'm an Apple maps girl shows, uh, public transportation. And so I saw that there was the DLR train. There was a stop literally one block away from us. So we got out of the Uber, ran to the train, got on the train, took the train from whatever station we were at to London city. That only took about 20 minutes. And then we made it to the airport with about 55 minutes Mm -hmm. to spare. Finally make it to Florence. We land, get in a van. Ca- taxi. 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 Go to our uh, hotel, which was called Corte Calzuoli. I have no clue. I don't clue. even know how Out to of all the, Yeah. Part of my pronunciation is this entire episode, especially now that we're in the Italian portion. Um, but, you know, it was just a hotel in downtown Florence. Pretty straightforward place. Had a very cool view looking down at the streets of Florence, which I think is uh, – a I mean, I think looking at the streets of Florence is probably one of the coolest parts of Florence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also say we didn't have a ton of time in Florence. And so our recommendations or our discussion about it was probably going to be pretty brief. The restaurant that we went to was called Restaurante Parion. Uh, we had a ton of food. It was a group dinner. So we did get to order a bunch of stuff that we got to split. We were with, I think, six other friends. There were seven people totally. Yeah. And so we had the pleasure of doing a Florentine steak which was really, really good. I've learned that, you know, dry-aged steaks, which I guess is the way that they do Florentine steak, uh, are not something that I necessarily love. I think it might just be, I don't know I don't know what it is about it, but dry-aged stuff isn't for me at this point. Uh, the truffle gnocchi was some of the best pasta we had the entire trip, some of the best pasta I had the entire trip. And then I had the pleasure of having my first ever, not just my first ever in Italy, but my first ever tiramisu, and I loved it. Was that your favorite tiramisu of the trip? It was my favorite tiramisu of the trip, actually. Okay. I mean, I, I don't really remember all of them, but I mean, I think you I think you always remember your first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but probably my biggest regret was not taking enough time in Florence. We really only had like 15 hours in Florence. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, but at the same time, the way that the rest of the trip went, which was extremely smooth, didn't make me regret like really anything. and. I do wish we had maybe a day there, but I didn't hate getting in and out. It didn't it didn't bum me out as much as I think it should have at the time. Right. Um, we ended up going to a restaurant slash bar for Locale late night drinks. Locale or locale. It's spelled like local with an E at the end. I don't know if I'm how you pronounce it in Italian. It was cool. It was a cool place. I kind of I kind of wish we had gone somewhere that felt a little more Florency as opposed to just like sceney. 
You mean Florentine? Yeah. Sure. Uh, but it was like almost like I don't. It was like a New York club. It was like a. It was like an extremely high end rainforest cafe. <laughs> okay. Plants everywhere. Okay, I I liked it. That wasn't an insult. I love a I love a good rainforest cafe. Okay, you know what I mean. I yeah. mean, it was a lot of plant life, a lot of kind of jungle vibes, but it was cool. It was fine. But then the real show really started day two in Florence. We did a Chianti Safari wine tour. Uh, we did have a welcome party for the wedding that we were going to that night, and so we had to kind of scale back the wine tour from being about six stops to I think down to three. No, it was always going to be three. Oh. Again, I planned it. It was always going to be three, but we were worried that we weren't going to make it back to the welcome party in time. So we kind of sped through some of them, and then we really didn't need to because we got there with plenty of time. It didn't help that I was hungover. Yeah. drinking red wine at 10 a.m. when you're hungover is, like, not the thing you want to do. But we got through it. We got through it quickly. It was fine. I disagree with you. I think if you're hungover, the ex- and especially on vacation – in Italy, the number one thing you should do is probably drink red wine at 10 a.m. It was a really enjoyable experience. I felt like we learned a lot about Chianti. Uh, I feel like I'm an expert now. I could probably give you a whole lecture about it. Don't need that. Already got already got three when I was in uh Yeah. <laughs> in but wine we country. went to like a very uh, big production first vineyard. And then the second vineyard we went to was a family-run place. That makes like the first place we went to makes like 2.5 million bottles a year. It was in the millions. And then the second place we went to is about 15,000 bottles. Right. And we had lunch there. It was probably one of my favorite lunches of the trip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like an Italian Nana made us food and we just drank wine and like hung out with their Springer Spaniel. It was an all organic farm. It was beautiful. It was old. It was fun. I mean, we took in the, our, our wine tour guide Giada, who was an absolute delight. Uh, she drove us there in a vintage Land Rover Defender, which was kind of a whole experience in itself. But yeah, we got to hang out with the vineyard dog named Pepino. Pepino. Uh, and it was great. I mean, I think that lunch overall, I, I keep forgetting about that lunch because it wasn't a, a, a traditional restaurant that we went to. Mm-hmm. But I think that meal overall is the I, I've said. I think I said it on retail therapy. It's the one that's going to stick with me the longest. Right it is so so. It was so amazing. I got a pesto pasta. Sally got some traditional Tuscan pasta. I think just like a red garlic sauce. But I mean, that beautiful was phenomenal. views. Tuscany is beautiful. The wine tour was really awesome. Like if I could recommend one thing to do in Tuscany, I would say – because we had friends who did wine tastings different places, but it was really cool to go and see the difference in all the ways the production was. Mm-hmm. And it was during harvest. We got to see a lot of like – Yeah, there was a lot going on in terms of the production and everything. Yeah. Uh, we arrived at the welcome party for the wedding. It was at a uh, villa called Borgo Stomanano. Beautiful. Uh, I don't <laughs> – I mean, I don't think we need to get into that too much. I mean, we were just kind of staying at this villa with all the other people in the wedding. I mean, it was kind of picturesque and exactly what you'd want if you're going to an Italian wedding, just hanging out with a bunch of people that you really enjoy hanging out with at a beautiful location with views, a pool, lots of space. I felt like I was in succession. I did. It, I really did. You're absolutely correct. It felt like we were at like just a friend's trip in succession. It was tight. Yeah. Uh, Shouts to Joyce and Jordan. Yes. Joyce, uh, it was Joyce's wedding. She was previously on the podcast. I guess it was almost 
a year. I mean, it had to have been also over a year, a year ago. ago yeah. uh, I had Joyce on. Uh, she is the owner of JDP Interiors, and she she absolutely crushed it. Uh, she's the reason that uh, producer Randy knows about eight-way hand-tie couches now. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, and so then, yeah, the next day was her wedding day. Sally spent most of the day, I guess, kind of sitting at the villa and getting ready and having fun there. I did a day trip to Siena. There are a lot of people in the Sunday Scariest Questions asking for Siena recommendations. I have bad news. I have none. We drove from the we drove the 20 minutes from the villa to Siena. And when we got to Siena, we just got out of the car. And it was just me and three other guys who all kind of had a little bit of a headache from the night before. And we decided to just kind of walk around. We went straight to the town square. Uh, all the restaurants look the exact same in the town square, which is interesting. They all just have kind of a dark red colored awning. And I think that might just be by design, kind of like a rising tide lifts all boats. So let's all just kind of serve the same food and same drinks and hope that we all do well and stay in business. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong there. Maybe there's a reason behind it. That's what it felt like to me. There wasn't much differentiation between a lot of the, the menus and stuff. The cool part about going to Siena for me was uh, knowing about the horse races and seeing where they did it and just imagining how cool it would be to be there when they do the horse races. They do a race in the town square that is kind of like the Kentucky Derby and everyone just piles into the middle of the town square or watches from the buildings surrounding it. And it is a very cool scene. I would love to do that one someday. I think it would kind of be a cool bucket list item to, to add. Mm -hmm. But in terms of Siena, actually, I just don't have that much intel. It was very beautiful from the pictures. It's a beautiful place. Like the town square is definitely one of the, it was one of the prettiest things we went to and coolest things we did, but uh, we just simply didn't have enough time. It was really just enough time to have lunch. We really didn't walk around outside of, you know, walking to and from lunch. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we, I did, I did cure my hangover that day with a little 10 a.m. wine, Sally. Okay. Uh, Maybe you're proving me wrong. And now I'm kind of obsessed with Chianti Classicos and our next sponsor, I think can help us with that. Uh, I'm talking about First Leaf. If you're not familiar with First Leaf, they are a wine subscription company that will send you bottles of wine to your house, apartment, wherever, uh, every month, and they are hand-selected for you. It is absolutely wonderful. We've been using it for a, a long time now, actually. And one of my favorite things about it is that it just takes the guesswork out of it. If you like a, a certain style of wine, you can take the quiz, you can go through the survey, and they will populate that for you. And they just make it so easy to discover new wines and to get rid of the ones that you don't like. And it's just all tailored to you. It's really impressive. Uh, so if you like to unwind this podcast with a nice glass of wine, I have great news. First Leaf makes it simple to discover new wines that you'll love. They learn your taste, and then they deliver quality wines right to your door. Forget driving to the wine shop. Forget shopping by the label and forget overspending on bottles you don't like. With First Leaf, you rate each wine you receive with a simple thumbs up or thumbs down. Then their experts will send you personalized selections with new and exciting bottles in every box. And now, Sally, I'm excited. I never knew anything about Italian wines before we went to Italy. And now I feel like I can actually weigh in on these now and start mm -hmm. adding some to our boxes more. But they can recommend wines you'll love with 96% accuracy. As your tastes evolve, so will the wines that you receive. And if you're not completely satisfied with the bottle, First Leaf will credit you for another. That's wine made simple. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash scaries to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. All right, Sally, as much as I enjoyed, you know, Florence, Tuscany, the wedding, I think 
I will always hold the next portion of our trip very close to my heart, just based on the fact that we treated it as our honeymoon. It was the most picturesque thing I've probably ever done. And I fell in love with Italy here. And I fell in love with the Amalfi Coast. I fell in love with Ravello. I fell in love with everything. We uh, decided to wake up after the wedding. We had a very, very early taxi ride that became a bit stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally and I kind of had a theme here uh, in the beginning of the trip that our, our commute day was going to have some type of major issue. Uh, our taxi driver did not show up really at all. And so we had to scramble to go find another one and rush to the train station. Ended up taking a train from Florence to Naples. And I absolutely loved the train ride yet again. Yeah. One thing I'll say is I didn't realize I should have done a little bit more research. We could have taken a train from Monteregione, which is the town that was just outside of Borgo Stormonano or Siena, like to Naples. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time. And so I booked us train tickets from Florence to Naples. And then we had to take a taxi. So it was a little bit more expensive and obviously a little bit more stressful because um, we didn't have our taxi driver yeah. show up. Otherwise, we could have just taken a 20-minute drive. Like right. somebody could – I mean because you can drive on the uh, same side of the road as you can in the States over there, a lot of people rented cars. And we could have just had someone drive us the 20 minutes and drop us off at the train station and call it a day. Right. So one thing – about Europe in general, but especially Italy, is to utilize the train system, uh, train Italia. But you can we we bought all of our tickets on RailEurope.com. Um, the other thing, and I realized that when we were in the UK as well. The other thing is, I had asked Katie, "Can we just rent a car and drive from where we were in Tuscany to?" Ravello, which was about five hours, which was going to take the same amount of time of us getting to Florence, taking a train, getting in a car from Naples to Ravello. And she said, sure, I don't think that's a good idea. And that was great intel. Driving, driving like Tuscan roads is whatever, but driving in Florence. I mean, driving Tuscan roads is no different than driving just a country road in the United States. Right. But then once you get into Florence or Naples, it's scary because you're like almost mauling people over people are just like driving in through alleys but especially on the amalfi coast i don't think there is any way that i would have been able to drive on cliffside roads that are so narrow we almost sideswiped so many people and they're used to it so it was not a big deal for them but i would have never been comfortable driving a car that i rented like, I just would have been freaking out. We time. could have done it and we would have been fine, but it, it would have added a layer of stress to everything we were doing. Plus, I didn't want to have to pay for parking. There's not good parking situations there. So, like, having to take a car there and then figure out and mm-hmm. pay for parking, it was probably cheaper to just do what we did. It probably was. When we finally got to Naples, uh, we it's an 80-minute drive. Uh, it's an absolutely beautiful drive. It was really cool seeing Mount Vesuvius. It was really cool seeing the views of uh, just Naples, Pompeii. Capri, everything Mm -hmm. like it was just it was cool um it was a very cool introduction to the coastal kind of life and vibe yeah uh and then we went to our hotel we stayed at uh, a hotel called palazzo avino uh when we were kind of planning the whole, whole honeymoon aspect of it we knew we wanted a view we knew we wanted quiet and we knew we wanted you know a, a, a nice hotel a memorable hotel Palazzo Avino will probably go down as the most memorable place that I'll ever stay. Yeah. It was very cool. It was just incredible. Uh, you have a view of really 
I mean, just everything. So the Amalfi Coast, for those who don't know, is obviously the coastline that's in the south of Italy, south of Naples. There's multiple towns. They really start at Maggiore and then Minori, which is what Ravello is up on a cliff, but some of them are coastal. So Ravello, you are overlooking Maggiore and Minori. Because you're you're looking eastward, mm-hmm. where we were. Uh, then behind Ravello to the west is Amalfi, Priano, Positano, Nerano, and then Capri is an island, basically at the end of that stretch. Um, so I had already planned on either staying in Amalfi or Positano, and Katie said, "I think that you would rather." I know Will likes view. I think that you'll be really happy staying at Palazzo Vino. It ended up being a great, great piece of advice for us. Yeah. I don't think I can afford to stay there ever again, but I'm glad we had the experience overall anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was nice because it had its own beach club. The issue is that because you're up within a cliff, like if you want to go into town somewhere, I mean, Ravello has its own little town. If you were trying to go to Positano, as the crow flies, it's not very long, but because you have to wind up and down a cliff and then through all these other mountains, it takes about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And the only other issue, too, is that because it is on a cliff and it's one of the highest points in Ravello, you uh, you can't really walk anywhere. It makes it very difficult. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about one of the restaurants we went to uh, in a couple minutes here, but we, we ended up deciding to walk to a restaurant one night. And when we showed up huffing and puffing at the front door... They looked at us kind of puzzled and knew where we had come from because of our reservation. And the guy literally said, did you walk here? Are you crazy? And I I looked at him and I was like, yeah, I think I think we are a little bit. Yeah. Um, And so that I mean, but it was fine. I mean, I I don't need to walk everywhere. It kind of you kind of could have rolled myself home from dinner that night if I needed to. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, it was about as zen as you could get for a hotel. Yeah. for that night at dinner, we did Rossellini's, which is an in-house uh, nice restaurant that they have there. Uh, we did we did it up. They have a lobster and martini bar at the hotel where you can go. They open at 6.30 every night. All the tables there view the water. Uh, it's kind of a mad scramble for people to get there first so they can get the front row and they can really just have you know the view in front of them. But it's called the Lobster Martini Bar. Glaring lack of lobster. Glaring lack of lobster for being called the Lobster Martini Bar. But 100 martinis. So I guess they make up for it that way. Uh, did you have any favorite martinis that you drank while we were there? Uh, my favorite was the Wonderful Tonight, which was like a champagne-based martini. Uh, I also really liked the Lemon Drop martini that I had the first night. Mm-hmm. Anything with lemon in it because that's the Amalfi Coast. Like, it, So many lemons are grown there. So fresh. That was delightful. My Vesper martini at the end of the like trip really sent me over the edge of like – being a little intoxicated, I think. Yeah, I was drinking Gibson's, which uh, famously include cocktail onions. And the reason I was doing that was because they had the best cocktail onions I think I've ever experienced. My favorite thing that a Palazzo Vino did, by far, can you guess? No. Is that they every drink <laughs> that they serve you, they serve you essentially ruffles. Oh, yeah, they potato do. Potato chips. Yep, yep. And I loved it. I was so puffy. My tongue was basically raw. But I ate probably the equivalent of like three party-sized bags of Ruffles or wavy chips like over three days. Yeah. 
Yeah. An insane amount of potato chips. But I, that's exactly what I wanted. Like I'm having a cocktail and then I just had a, a couple chips. It was great. And then they also served olives with every single drink too, which yeah. when you're drinking martinis, I don't think you normally crave olives, but it still worked. And I mean, when you're in Italy and you're yeah. on the coast, olives are not the worst thing to eat. Yeah. Uh, the next day was probably my favorite day of the entire trip. Boat day. It was a boat day. Uh, we wanted to go out and see everything from the water. We wanted to have a day on the Mediterranean. We wanted to enjoy ourselves. We wanted to be a little bougie. And so we did a, a boat day through our hotel where uh, it was just Sally and I and our captain, Luca. He kind of looked like he was related to Tommy from Love Island in a way. <laughs> uh, he was a very, very chill guide, and he was great. And so we went down, uh, got on the boat at about 10 o'clock that morning. We went straight to Capri. We did not get off the boat there, uh, but we went straight there fast so we could kind of creep our way back. And it was a nice way of seeing everything. Yeah. Um, we swam in Capri. Yeah. We kind of went swimming there. But the unfortunate thing was that there was a little rain in the forecast. And so it started raining right around lunchtime. And we kind of huddled all underneath uh, the boat's awning and went straight to the restaurant, which was Conca del Sogno. Sonio. Sonio. You don't pronounce the G. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, how did and I? This was a restaurant that you definitely wanted to go to. And then when we told people what we were doing, this was the restaurant that every single person recommended to us. And so, why is this restaurant so popular? And why did you want to go there? Okay. So originally, for probably the past couple of years since I have been following uh, Amalfi-centric Instagram accounts, uh, in anticipation of planning a honeymoon, and then anticipation of this trip. I originally always wanted to go to La Fontalina, which is a beach club and restaurant in Capri. I have – I am going to say Capri because I sound like – I can't – I mean, I know it's Capri, but – okay. I'm going full – yeah, I just went to Italy and I'm saying Capri instead of Capri. Okay. So La Fontalina is pretty famous. A lot of celebrities go there. Uh, it's a beach club. It's very well known for like its aesthetic. And I originally wanted to go there. So we had made – reservations to go there for lunch and possibly do a beach day uh katie had warned me that she said i don't get the best reviews from this place a lot of people say it's basically instagrammable but like not a lot of other substance uh i think that there are some diehard la fontalina people so don't come at me i don't care uh <laughs> then all of a sudden i was following a bunch of people who were in it seemed like everyone was in italy this summer and a couple people popped up at being at la conca del sogno so i was like what's this place this looks awesome they also had pasta alla Nerano, which is zucchini pasta i'm a fan so i was like we're gonna make a lunch reservation here and then when i told katie that that's what i had booked she said, oh, I would have – I would. that's what I was going to recommend to y'all instead of La Fontalina. And then, again, same thing as Jim Gymkhana. It was like all of a sudden now it's popping up all over the place. A bunch of people had gone there right before we were there. A bunch of people I follow on Instagram were there. Um, our friends in London recommended it. And it definitely lived up to the hype. We unfortunately did not get to see the Scrapino show, which I was bummed about. Which I still didn't – you, you've talked about this. I still didn't know You just know need to is. get on their Instagram. So basically – La Congo del Sonio is only accessible by boat. So you – it's in Nerano. You dock your boat and then a little like other boat – what do you call that? Like a jetty? A dinghy. The dinghy comes and gets you, 
which was not great for us because it was like pouring rain when the guy came to get it us. It was it was almost like I, I kind of felt like a fish in a way because we were just kind of thrown into this dinghy with this guy who was decked out in like the traditional fisherman's yellow like yeah. like full suit and it was just pouring rain outside and as I looked at him I was like our life is in this man's hands as these waters get choppier and choppier. Yeah. And I just kind of felt like a fish that had just been caught off the coast. It was weird. Yeah, but so we it was nice. get there. They also have a beach club. Um we got there, sat down for lunch. The vibes definitely shifted in the correct direction cuz <laughs> Before I was like bummed about the rain and it was kind of cold and I was looked like a wet dog. And then the sun started coming out. We got a couple drinks in us. I was feeling great. The thing about La Conca del Sonio and probably with a lot of places in Capri as well is it and not as much in September, but definitely in July and August, you get a crowd of like insanely, I can't even fathom this wealthy people. Mm-hmm. So we are there, you and I on our little boat day, and we're like sopping wet because we'd just gone swimming and we like endured the boat ride through the monsoon. And then there's people who like just got off their yacht and it happened to not be raining there in like full blown designer gear. Yeah. Like I was my I was in like a see-through uh, white linen shirt because of the rain and then a bunch of girls showed up wearing like silk tops and like white pants. And I'm like, how did you just pull this off? Right. Which to be fair is a vibe if you want to do that. But I think the great thing about the restaurant is there were a lot of people who looked like us. Clearly had just gone swimming. I would have rather been us. Exactly. So anyway, it's a it's a fun party scene. You can tell it's lively. People are getting drinks and lots of food. But then there's the what's called the Scorpino show. So basically what it is, is Scorpino is a frozen cocktail. It's like a – it's got lemon sorbet in it and I don't know what the alcohol is. I think limoncello. Is Probably limoncello. Lemon we had two of them. We each got one. But what they do is that you order the Scarpino show and this guy comes out (laughs) and like is like blasting champagne everywhere, like spraying it like it's the end of a Formula One race all over everyone and into their drinks and they play music and people come out and dance and all this stuff. So I asked our waiter about it because I was like, the two of us probably can't order it. I mean, we could. I have no idea how much it costs, but I was like, we're not going to waste this guy's time on like you and I who are just like two glasses of wine deep but the cup the group of people that walked in on their yacht i was like those people are gonna do it and they probably did but we missed it unfortunately so it's like the bottle service of la confidence on you so i guess we're gonna have to try to go back so we can go see it right but it's a lively fun lots of young people uh long lunch place it was delightful the food was great the drinks were great the vibes were better the 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 dish that everyone talks about is the the dish that you got. Pastel and Nerano. The dish that I got, which was essentially just a, a creamy clam linguine, linguine pasta. That uh was a that was a dish that again will linger in my brain. Possibly one of my favorite dishes of the whole trip. It was incredible. I mean, it was so good. And I, I also think that the vi- the whole vibe of what was happening just kind of added to it. But I mean, it was that was one of the best tasting dishes I had all right. trip, for sure. Uh, I had I'd I wrote down some highlights, Sally, from the trip or from the boat day. Okay, wrote down just swimming in the Mediterranean and how uh, it, it's it's a very different body of water to swim in, and I mean that in a good way. It's like insanely imposing, salty. It's imposing. It's insanely salty. It's wavy, but not like it takes you away. Um, it's really refreshing. So refreshing. Insanely deep blue, like the deepest blue you can imagine. Like just navy. 
Yeah. Uh, this wasn't a highlight, but it was something that I should note. Uh, Sally lost her phone trying to take a photo of me while I was swimming with my noodle. Okay. Multiple times on the boat ride, I was hanging my arm off the boat with my phone in my hand trying to take pictures of stuff, including like the arch and Capri, et cetera, all these things. And you kept saying to me, don't do that. You're going to drop your phone. And I was like, you're being an idiot. And then literally we're in, we're swimming and you asked me to take a picture of you and I'm on the boat with like full, you know, perimeter around me and take the photo and it slips out of my hand and just happens to like hit the exact spot that it could fall in the water. I, I feel like you're trying to make me feel bad about this. Okay. But the reason you should feel bad is because as I watched it happen, I said, get it. And you were maybe a foot away from where it dropped and you just stared at me. And I get that there's a chance. There's only a small chance you could have gotten it. It sank very quickly. I wasn't saying to like dive down, but you could have attempted to get mm-hmm. off your noodle and like reached for it. The reason I know you just watched the it. The reason I know that you did not grow up on a body of water like I did is that you think that it was feasible for me to put my head under, spot the phone and grab it. All you I had did- to do was reach no. down. You didn't even attempt to reach. If you would have seen what my legs were doing under the water, they were kicking around trying to see if, because if my foot would have hit the phone, I could have tried to catch it with my foot and kick it up. That's exactly what I was mm-hmm. doing. And that's all I could do. But you thought because I didn't go full scuba Steve that I wasn't trying to get the phone. Obviously, my life would have been much better had you not lost your phone. So, yeah. It, it ended up being a blessing in disguise. Trust me. I mean, when I get on a boat normally, I will just go to whoever's driving the boat and I will say, uh, can, I'm, can I put my phone in, in this cupboard over here? That's usually what I do. But I'm sure that the people that chartered these rides along the coast see a lot of lost phones because at the end of the day – um, you're there to take photos and enjoy yeah. yourself and get photographed by the captain and do stuff like that. And so I think it's a very normal occurrence that people lose their phone compared to other places where you're not trying to take photos right. the entire time. Uh, another one was just seeing the small fishing villages and caves. That was pretty cool. Uh, we went under the, the whatever they call it, the Lover's Arch, mm-hmm. where Luca, played. our captain, played that Samora. <laughs> He just random like Sally and I were just kind of looking up at it, like enjoying it, and then all suddenly we just hear that's amore. I start. He playing. did tell us that if you kiss while passing under it, it is like good luck for your relationship. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was just awesome was just seeing uh, Positano from the water. Many people have told me that the best way to see the Amalfi Coast is from the water because it's the only time you really get like a scale, and especially somewhere like Positano where everything's really packed in. Mm-hmm. So I thought. We did go to Le News for dinner. I thought the better views were from the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, not even a question. It it was still really cool being there. But uh, yeah, the water was the cool part. Uh, that night, we did that walk from the, the hotel to the restaurant. It was called Da Lorenzo. Uh, it was a very good restaurant. It was dark when we were there, so we didn't really have views. But the, the pasta that we had was really good. Uh, they did try to upsell us on pretty much everything. Uh, within five minutes of being there, I'd been recommended... Uh, the largest fish they had caught for the day, which was uh, almost $200, and a bottle of wine that was $140. Yeah. If I've learned anything about Italian wine, it's that you don't have to spend a lot to have really good quality. So spending $140 on a bottle of wine was not what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I didn't. And we I feel up- like they kind of took advantage of us or tried to because of how 
flustered we were from walking there. Yeah. And at the end of the uh, by the end of the meal, even though we did try to get upsold on those like really expensive things, we ended up getting out of there for one of the cheapest meals we had the entire time. And that's because we split a uh, reasonable bottle of wine, two pastas, some bread and some fresh seafood appetizers. Yeah, it was a delight. It was great. And so uh, that was an enjoyable time. But I don't really have too much on that because it was kind of a rush dinner for us. We weren't really in, you know, hangout mode we were kind of in i'm tired from the boat day mode Mm -hmm. we did do post dinner drinks at the lobster martini bar never a bad thing and then the next day was uh going to be a big day for us we had we were going to go to the beach club that the hotel had but unfortunately there was rain in the forecast and it rained in the morning and they made a very premature decision to stop uh the beach club for that day and shut it down it ended up being an absolutely perfect weather day after that and we ended up just spending the day at the pool reading not a bad way to spend the day. Right. And there, where you are sitting by the pool, you're still up on a cliff. So still great views. You're just not, you can't jump in the Mediterranean, but it was a really enjoyable day. And again, I took down so many potato chips. I loved it. <laughs> I was very happy. They had really good drinks at the pool. Uh, the Campari Spritz was probably my highlight drink that I was buying at the pool that day. But we were told by some... Uh, some people that getting a bottle of wine instead of ordering glasses of wine was the move. And it did save you about, you know, the price of two glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night was a big night for us. I think it was the dinner that you were most excited about out of everything. It was La Sponda at the Le News Hotel in Positano. Yes. Take it away, Sally. Okay, so we had to ride from Ravello to Positano, and like I said, it took about an hour and 20 minutes. It's very windy. If you were a carsick person, I'm going to just say this. Amalfi may not be the place for you, or you need to stay in one location because going anywhere, and I mean, even if you're in Positano, going anywhere in the car is very windy. It's like they whip around. I... I never get carsick and I was feeling kind of nauseated. I didn't get carsick, but it 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 feels like a longer ride if you're not kind of enjoying the views or putting a window down. Right. It could have it could have made me feel a little nauseous. Uh it is still a beautiful drive because you go through all the towns. Um and then Lace Air News. Probably the most beautiful drive we did. Mm-hmm. Lace Air News is beautiful. Lasponda is their uh really nice restaurant. I had made reservations there in February because I, I wanted to do it and I wanted to be at Lace Air News. Um, it was a beautiful restaurant. We did not do their tasting menu. Kind of glad that we didn't. No. It, our, our entire dinner cost less than uh, one tasting menu. Right. So uh, We had drinks there before. I wanted to stay in Positano. I originally wanted to stay at Lace Air News. I'm glad that we didn't. Because being in Positano is very cramped. You're very on top of each other. And when you add there, – there's day cruises. So all the cruises in the Mediterranean will dock. And then the, the cruisers, the people on the cruise, will come be in Positano for a few hours. And it can create a very, uh, like, packed-in environment. So for me, as somebody who – Need space, gets anxious in big crowds and things like that. I am glad that we stayed in po- or in Ravello over Positano. There are a lot of hotels along the coast that have a little bit more space mm-hmm. to spread out, and we pass some of those. Oh, and if we went back, those are the hotels that I would go to first in terms of looking at everything. There right. were so many cool-looking ones. Uh, I'm sure that they were 
more reasonable than Laysayer News even would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I and by reasonable, I mean I'm sure there's it's you're still trying to get a a, a view in Positano, so it's not right. exactly going to be reasonable necessarily, but it's going to be cheaper. Yeah, uh, but still a really great dinner. We had a great time. Awesome people watching. You, you told me that you uh, did. Actually, I'll wait for favorites later. Okay. Uh, we did the warm seafood salad there, which I think was the best appetizer I had on the trip. We did a tomatoes three ways. And then because I knew I wanted to have lobster once on the trip, we ordered We split the lobster. Yeah. It was delightful. I was glad that we just did it that way instead of doing a tasting menu, though, because we ended up being extremely full, extremely satisfied, and we spent less than half of what we would have otherwise, mm-hmm. which was a very good plus. Uh, day four. Oh, and then we... Uh, that night ended up being a night that I enjoyed uh, on our way back because it started raining right when we got back, and it was kind of nice just to pop the window or the doors open in the hotel room and just listen to the rain come down on the coast. Yeah, and luckily it cleared up for us the next day, and we got to go to the beach club finally, uh, where we had my favorite pizza of the trip. It was some type of anchovy pizza with lemon ricotta. Yeah, it was really good. Everything. Uh, it was just an enjoyable kind of relaxing final day of our trip. Really, final day of our trip in Italy. Okay, and then, then again, if you've been to Amalfi, you know none of the beaches are – they're not like sand beaches. You're on rocks essentially. So where like Positano and Amalfi have public beaches, that's all like pebbly. And then the beach club that we were at was really – you're just on the side of a cliff with like platforms where chairs were. Oh, I mean it was carved into the And into then we the, could like the dive there. into the ocean. But you're not like letting the water come up and hit your toes. It was still – Amazing. I mean, that I kind of like it. You don't have to deal with sand, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful day. And swimming again was awesome. Uh, I didn't have to worry about losing a phone this time. So it's quite enjoyable. Just read and drank and ate. It was awesome. Yeah. It was kind of the perfect final day of a trip of, you know, it was the cherry on top of a trip of eating and drinking every day, but it yeah. was just kind of a nice way to relax and tune out and do nothing. So maybe it was maybe it was fortunate that our beach day got canceled on the second to last day and we actually got the last day to enjoy the most relaxing day of the trip. Yeah. Uh, we had dinner that night at just at the hotel. Nothing nothing crazy. Maybe had a little a few too many martinis before dinner. Yeah. That was, I think that was the most buzzed I was the entire trip and I, it was a total accident. Yeah. But I guess that when you're that relaxed, it was pretty easy just to start tipping it back. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, 6.30 a.m. wake up for our flight back to London. Uh, it was tough. Not It was it was, a, it was just a tough pill to swallow on all, on all fronts. It was a sad Didn't want to leave. Didn't want to get up at 6.30. And when we got back to London, we ended up just kind of having a day. We were going to go shopping. We were going to go to – our original plan was to go to a Chelsea versus a Liverpool game at Stamford Bridge. That was postponed due to the Queen's funeral, uh, which was the day after. And so what we did was just went to our hotel. Uh, We stayed at the Goring Hotel again. We dropped our bags off. We went and had a Sunday roast at the same restaurant we went to before, the Thomas Cubitt. Sally got the lamb. I just had the beef. It was delightful. He had a Sunday roast. Yeah. Uh, Why don't we do that? I I think my new tradition is going to be just making us do a Sunday roast every Sunday. So Sunday roast is some sort of meat. Or I guess you get a vegetarian one. I think that they had some portobello thing on the menu. Yeah, they had a portobello uh, lentil beef Wellington. Interesting. It, honestly, I bet it was really, really good. 
Then it's roasted vegetables. Ours was carrots and turnips and potatoes. And then a Yorkshire pudding, which I think is just a popover. Oh. Pretty sure. And then like gravy dumped on top of all of that. Yeah. I'm craving it. I would eat it right now. It was a delight. I would eat it right now. <laughs> a pro move by the girl next to us who ordered an extra side of gravy because like ours already had the gravy dumped on. I would have loved to like have some more gravy. I mean, I Honestly. was talking about it with the front desk of our hotel, and the one of one of the people working at the hotel was eavesdropping, and I think she felt guilty about eavesdropping, but she looked at me and she said, "The gravy is amazing." Yeah, and it was. <laughs> should have should have gotten some extra gravy. Uh, we just kind of bopped around with uh, one of my buddies, my old roommate, and uh, we went to a restaurant had drinks called Polpo, which was kind of an Italian restaurant. <laughs> wasn't trying to eat there after. A week of eating in Italy. Yeah. And we went to a random pub in Chelsea. I got my cask ale that I enjoyed. I would have had probably five more, but we had to go make dinner. And we ended up eating dinner at uh, what I think turned out to be a great choice at Dishoom, which is a very popular Indian restaurant, not just in London, Edinburgh. Is it just London, all Edinburgh? the UK. Yeah. And so Dishoom is, it is one of the most popular things. If you're looking for Indian over there, people will recommend that. And it, I liked it better than Jumkana. Yeah, so you can't do a reservation. You have to wait in line. Uh, our, they had told us it was going to be about an hour wait, which was fine. They serve you like house chai, which is warm and delicious. All the dishes are great. We had gone a couple of years ago, and Will had a really bad cold, so he couldn't taste anything. <laughs> so it was a really, it was a great way to end the trip that you got to go again. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Mm -hmm. It was such a great end meal. Indian food in London is amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite things. Um, it, every single thing we ordered there, so good, was incredible. So go go to Dishoom, please enjoy. Get the house try. All right, get Sally, we've got a bunch of questions from listeners. Okay, it's a rapid fire round. But before we get to that, I want to talk about our friends over at Vizzy. There are so many things about summer that we're leaving behind, but guess what? Fall is in our crosshairs, and I'm very exciting for it. We're trading in our sandals for boots. We're trading in our linen shirts for sweaters, and I couldn't be happier about it. Summer is phased out, and it's time for something fresh during the season of change. So while you make the transition, grab a case of Vizzy Hard Seltzer with flavors for every vibe. Whether you're cozying up for cuffing season or hosting a tailgate that will be the envy of the lot, pass the vibe check with a case of bold, delicious Vizzy Hard Seltzers. There's so many that are my favorites, but I think it might just be the brunch star in me. I love these mimosa packs. They've got the refreshing taste of real orange juice, and they're perfect for daytime sipping. It comes in strawberry orange, pineapple orange, peach orange, and pomegranate orange. And they even have different variety packs for a cornucopia of flavors. Vizzy Hard Seltzer, flavors for every vibe. Stock up on Vizzy Hard Seltzer and show some love for the show. Here is how to get yours. Go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash wash to find Vizzy near you. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And to hear first about the latest flavor drops and more, sign up at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 or older, and I know that our good friends over at the Molson Coors Beverage Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, would like me to tell you, celebrate responsibly, and I will echo that. You ready for these questions, Sal? Rapid fire round. Let's do it. Okay. Our first one. And this one we've already kind of confronted here, but how did we decide on your itinerary and places to stay? Uh, we, I talked about why we went into and out of London. I think if we went back to Italy, I'd probably just fly straight to Italy. Probably Rome or Naples if we were going to the Amalfi Coast. Well, yeah. We couldn't anticipate. We, the reason we did London was for soccer games. Right. 
didn't get Queen to do dying that. did not help us there. So uh, then we did Florence and Tuscany because of the wedding. Uh, the wedding was about an hour outside of Florence, and then I have always wanted to go to the Amalfi Coast. That was originally where our honeymoon was going to be, so we tacked that on to the end. And then, I mean, I think uh, a major thing that you did was Instagram. Sally, so sorry. come on. I don't know why that just went off. Uh, a major thing was uh, your Instagram stalking. You did a really good job of just looking at that stuff, and you pretty much knew exactly where you wanted to go. And Katie, Katie guided us for a lot of those things. She confirmed a lot of things or said no to a lot of those things. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, thank God for her. Thank God Katie told me when I asked her if we could rent a Vespa in Amalfi. She said, that's a terrible idea. And you will probably get killed. And I kind of wish I would have done it, but I'm glad that you didn't do it because I would have been so scared that you would have hurt yourself the entire time. Not yeah. because like you weren't capable of driving one, but like I'm less worried about my well-being. I'm more worried about your well-being at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, Sally, now, next one. And this one's a major one. So you're probably gonna, I'm probably going to pick your brain a little bit because of I kind of condensed this question. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite outfit from the trip? Favorite outfit? Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably either of my Reformation sets. So I wore one uh, that was like kind of a plaid skirt and top to Gymkhana mm-hmm. that I have been waiting to wear. And It was a very London print. Thank you. Uh, and then I had a green one that was a skirt and a top from Reformation that I also paired with <laughs> a sequin lemon purse that i had bought at zara about six months ago in anticipation of this trip i'm glad you brought up the green one because of all the questions about your outfits the green set was by far the most questioned reformation yep uh mine i think was my i think it was my boat day fit your boat day fit. i had a pair of swim trunks that i bought specifically for the trip from drake's uh i had a linen shirt that i got on sale at the end of the season, again, from Drake's. And I had a uh, cashmere cotton sweater that I lost on the boat day. We left it at La Conca del Sonia. Yeah. So if you I go to La Conca del Sonia, I liked my boat day fit too. Yeah. If you go there, do that. Um, but it was just comfortable. I just loved it. I actually had some good outfits. I really liked that white linen dress that I wore to the uh, wine tasting. I felt really good about pretty. I mean, my honestly, my favorite outfit was probably my tux for the wedding night. I love wearing a tux. Yeah. But I mean, I planned. I, if you if you listen to retail therapy, you know that I talked about shopping for this trip for way too long. Yeah. So I, I felt good about you a lot. D- you rocked the mesh nipple shirt. Well I did. Too. I went nipples out at a Michelin star restaurant. Not a lot of people can say they did that. <laughs> Very happy about that. Uh, I am going to mention my boat day outfit was a a yellow striped set from AYR. Probably the one I get asked about the most. Yeah. And then a a bikini from Monday Swimwear. And a sarong that I bought that you hated that I that you liked later on. I ended up being sarong about that sarong. Okay. Wow. Next question. What about Italy makes you appreciate home? Um and this was not as big of a deal in Amalfi. I love having ice water and they, when they serve oh, you still that's good, water, that's good. That's good. They just serve it to you like maybe chilled, but like with no ice, it kills me. But in Amalfi, when we were in Ravello, every time we were at the beach club, if you asked for water, they'd say it's still sparkling. And then they would say with ice and lemon. And I'd be like, yes, yes. With ice and lemon. Love it. Uh, okay. Another very random one. Maybe it's cause I had kind of longer nails. 
on the trip, but the I do not like a toilet that has a push button, and that's a really big thing in Italy slash Europe. I want a lever to flush with. I don't want to push, and I feel like I almost broke a nail every time I was trying to flush the toilet. Sally, the first thing that happened at the villa that we stayed in in Florence, <laughs> or I'm sorry, in Tuscany, was that the lever toilet broke immediately. Like I'm not, and, uh, when you, when I say immediately, some people are like, "Oh, they like uh, put their stuff down." I went and, t- and and went to the bathroom, and the second I pushed it down, it broke. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was hell trying to fix that. It was it took over the next three days of my life. So, no, I'm all about the push button. No, that thing was janky. Okay, that wasn't like I was just very happy to be home with a a flush lever. For me, I just had the driving. I don't. I'm not envious of any drivers over there. Oh, I'm not God, envious no. of people that have to commute anywhere. Uh, the size of the beds. I'm spoiled. We had a we had a mattress sponsor for a previous podcast that was we, that was that just got me used to king size beds. Um, I this was the thing at the Italian villa at the villa we stayed at, and then I have heard from friends who also were staying at villas that were not the villa we stayed at in Tuscany, and the hotel that people stayed at for the wedding. No comforter, just like a mattress and a sheet. And then like another coverlet sheet. Oh, there's also no air conditioning. So comforters might not be uh, used all the time based on I the temperature. I need to get cozy. Like I enjoy like I a hotel it. bed. The best meal of the entire trip. Okay. I can't pick just one. So I said most romantic was La Sponda. For sure. Uh, best pasta was either at La Conca del Sonio, yours, mm-hmm. uh, the clam one, or at the vineyard we had the at the wine tour when... The Italian. Yeah, that was the differentiation I was going to make. The best actual pasta was La Conca del Sogno. And then, but the best actual meal that you can't just go make a reservation at was on the wine tour. Like that was just, it was mind blowing. The olive oil was on point. The fresh bread was good. Uh, The bruschetta. The bruschetta was amazing. And the pasta was something that I might go to the store after work tonight, buy the ingredients for, and try to make a bootleg version of it at home. Okay. And then I said best overall was La Conca del Sonio. Best pizza was Clubhouse by the Sea. For sure. For sure. Those are all great. Uh, what was the most aesthetic meal, someone asked? Uh, I think La Sponda. Yeah, probably I think La Sponda for me. I think drinks at Aldo's, the bar right outside of La Sponda, was like the most – it was very cool. It's cool to be at least there and have all the Positano, like all of those houses in yeah. the background. It's it's a cool vibe. Yeah. I mean it's just – you can't be in a bad mood at uh, when you're looking at like Positano. Yeah. You just can't. Uh, the best drink you had the entire trip. Okay. Uh, mine was two things. I said the wonderful tonight, which I actually pulled up the martini bar menu so I could tell you what was in it. Uh, it is a champagne martini and it had vodka, St. Germain, rose water syrup, lemon sorbet, and champagne rosé or rosé champagne. It was a delight. Uh, I also really enjoyed at the wedding. I'd never had one of these before. Oh, man, I didn't think you were going to think of this one. I thought I was going to blow your mind when I brought it up for mine. The Hugo Spritz. The baby. Hugo Spritz is if if I know if I knew about Hugo Spritzes before summer, I would have made sure that no one was talking dirty Shirley's, and Hugo Spritzes would have been the new way. Hugo Spritz is my new go-to, like goaded. Aperol Spritz, great. The Campari Spritz, also great because it was a little less sweet 
and I really enjoyed it. But the Hugo Spritz, if you want, the recipe is half an ounce of St. Germain, uh, four ounces of Prosecco, an ounce of soda water, and then you um, do mint and lemon. I think at ours, they were also putting some sort of berries in it. Mm -hmm. It was hands down uh, the most refreshing drink I had the entire trip. And it might have been the most refreshing drink I've ever had. A Hugo Spritz. I'm going to start making them. I do. I like St. Germain a lot. So I was all about them. I had about 10 at the wedding. Famously not a French drink. The Hugo Spritz? No. St. Germain. They just branded it like that. It's actually made in made America. Uh, Rank Florence Tuscany Amalfi. Uh, I said Amalfi Coast first, specifically Ravello. I think I'm going to rank Florence above Tuscany. I think Tuscany was amazing, but I would really like to spend some time in Florence. I am sad that we didn't get enough time there. I think that there is a lot of art and culture and food there that I could have used maybe two more days. Tuscany, not for me tuscany was absolutely gorgeous vibes off the charts it was beautiful every single place you turned and you felt like you were truly in a movie well i mean borgo Stomanano and the wedding was one of the most beautiful things i've ever witnessed yeah. every place you turned you were like looking at some centuries old building well, even if like- even if that place was empty and there wasn't a wedding there Beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in who was planning the wedding. Someone who probably has in our life who has the best taste out of anyone we know. Yeah. And she and, and it was just perfect. It was perfect. It was incredible. It was, it was gorgeous. Okay. Next question. Any aspects of the trip that you'll be incorporating into your everyday routine or life? Uh, using good olive oil. <laughs> that was the first thing I had. Olive oil. Like I, I think – Having tasted good olive oil, and I knew this before. I had told you this that whenever I was in Spain, it was a big deal. Um, but then in America, we just don't care as much, and we don't use it as much. So having a really, really good olive oil versus like your run of the mill, like whatever, the difference is astounding. So yeah, we'll be we'll be uh, investing in some olive oil. The other things I had, I only had two more things on my list, was uh, reading, something I don't do enough of, but something I really enjoyed on the trip, and uh, not turning on the television. Our television did not work at our hotel, and that is not a complaint. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, that's annoying. The television doesn't work. Really? I don't. And, that's the thing. I didn't even turn on the TV and then, once to no, like, realize. And then once I realized the television didn't work and I could have called down to have someone fix it, I thought, why? So yeah. I have an excuse to not look at the view. Like, no, I'm not going to fix the TV. I don't, we didn't turn the TV on anyway. I'm such a background TV person that I'm like, now I'm like, I need to, I need to start not just reducing my screen time on my phone, but just reduce the amount of background noise I get from the television. Mm-hmm. Our next one. What's something you wish you knew before you went on the trip? I didn't really have a good answer for this. I think you need to go. and then I'll- uh, I had ATMs aren't exactly everywhere, uh, nor are uh, bathrooms in Italy. Uh, if you're, if you need to go to the bathroom in a train station in Italy, uh, wait till you get on the train because it's going to be a hard. It's going to be uh, hard to do. Another thing was that uh, masks were still required on trains in Italy, which I was not aware of until they started checking, and we had to go buy one on the train. Yeah, wasn't that bad. But my uh, my ending answer here was overall not really much. It was pretty simple yeah. and straightforward. Uh, what didn't live up to the hype, if anything? Okay, this is controversial. The pizza did not live up to the hype for me only because we didn't have enough pizza, I feel like. If we would have eaten more – we prioritized pasta on the trip. If we would have prioritized pizza, I think we would – I think 
that would have been a thing. But what changed the the reason my answer is not pizza was because the day the final day's pizza was incredible. It was incredible, but I I, I said I said pizza and then I said really we should have just had more. I think especially like the couple that we met uh, at the hotel the last day having drinks who stopped in Naples and like stored their luggage and went and had a Neapolitan pizza. Mm-hmm. Loki kind of wish we would have done that. Yeah, it's a good move. Cool. It's a good move. Yeah. The only th- other thing that didn't live up to the hype was uh, was Positano had just had so many people that it didn't. And I think maybe the the hype is my fault. Like the the expectation was my fault. I yeah. was picturing walking through Positano looking like Dickie Greenleaf it's in Talented Mr. Ripley and yeah. stuff like that. And I was almost like shocked by how crowded it was. And I think had I known going in that it was a crowded city. I wouldn't have cared, right? But I just had these, I had these unattainable expectations of of what to expect that I was like, oh, okay. But it ended up, I mean, who cares? It was still beautiful and awesome. So, yeah, I not, I mean, honestly, I I'm reaching to have an answer for this because everything felt perfect at the time, right? Uh, is it easy to navigate using just conversation Italian? Uh, was there a language gap? Not really. Most people there because they get so many tourists can speak english it was i i felt i felt comfortable walking anywhere and talking to anybody knowing that we'd be able to figure it out yeah i i mean the only words that i like used were grazie yeah and And, there were sometimes when you would ask questions to people and they would just kind of look at you yeah but it didn't really matter like that it wasn't it didn't deter us from doing anything right it was easy uh and finally your best moment, your worst moment, and something you would do differently next time. I want I want to flip this question. I want you to start with what you do differently next time. Okay. Then do your worst moment, and I want you to finish with your best moment. Okay. So we, by design, had to travel a lot of places because we flew into London, then we went to Florence, then we went to Tuscany, then we went to Amalfi. If I was going to do Italy again, I would probably try to concentrate on like one or two places so I could really like dig in and enjoy those. Cause I think part of the reason I really enjoyed Ravello was the amount of time we got to spend there. Yeah. I would have flown into Rome. I would have flown into Rome, um, and gone to Florence for a longer time or even enjoyed Rome or something like that. Like maybe just two places. And I'm so grateful that we did it the way we did. We got to experience a lot. We got to do a lot of different things, but I think, Part of the reason that Ravello was so relaxing is because the first leg of the trip, we were just going, 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 and it, going. It would have been worse, too, had something gone wrong for us. A canceled yeah. flight could have really derailed a lot of what we were doing, and we were fortunate that we didn't really have any of those issues. And so. I'm glad we put the relaxing part at the after the wedding because had we traveled a lot before the wedding, I don't think that I would have been – I was already so hyped for the wedding that I felt like my energy levels were really high. Um, and I'm glad that we didn't end at the wedding because mm-hmm. I think I would have been – unbelievably sad to like leave my friends and leave the country yeah so i'm glad we had time on the tail end too because like you had the whole excitement leading up to the wedding and then we got to go unwind for a little bit yeah worst moment i i think losing my phone but it ended up being a blessing because i wasn't able to like stare at my phone or like be on instagram i haven't posted anything yet sorry i will uh but i think it was Worst only because like I had to do stuff like it was annoying to not have access to my email or be able to check in for our flights and stuff. All the things I had logged into on my phone. Um, I also wrote 
the first day that we got there <laughs> to, to for the uh, welcome party when uh, you ordered a martini and it was fully vermouth. That was upsetting. The one guy that was upsetting. did not make a good martini. Yeah. It's not his fault. I mean, it is his fault, but it was just the one one guy. It did rattle me. It rattled you a it little bit. It didn't stop the show, but yeah. No, not at all, because then we just switched to Hugo Spritzes and red wine. Uh, I'm going to let you go, and then I'll say my best moment. Uh, worst moment for me was uh, our taxi driver not showing up the day that we needed to go to Ravello. I was looking forward so much to going and relaxing that kicking things off with no ride to the train station was very stressful. It yeah. ended up getting sorted out like immediately, but there was a 10 minute period where I was just dripping in sweat out of anxiety thinking, yeah. oh, we're sp- like our honeymoon, like this is our honeymoon portion and it's already going downhill. And so I was yeah. just worried about it. It's just not setting up well. Um, yeah. And also another thing that I would do differently next time is I would, I would fight you a little bit more when it comes to me being able to bring liquids. Uh, you brought all the liquids and you have to pack all of your liquids in uh, an eight by eight zip on in bag. these little tiny bags over there. And, and so I, Sally got all the liquids and I had, uh, I think a grand total of about a half ounce of a liquid that I got to bring <laughs> with me. True. Uh, so I would have, I would have tried to fight you a little bit more on that. And so I would could have actually brought shaving cream with me to, you know, clean up my beard and do stuff. But still, I mean, if that's the worst, if those, if those two things are the worst things that happened on the trip, that tells you how good it was. Uh, what was your best moment, Sally? I have two. Okay. Obviously, the wedding was a major highlight for me. Yeah. But that's not something that everyone well, that, can go experience. I so feel that's like, why yeah, I'm I feel like that's like, that. a, that's like a different situation because like my most fun night of the trip was hands down the wedding. Yeah. So it's like, but, but in terms of what the, in terms of what people who are listening to this episode to help maybe inspire them on their travel, what would it my be? My best moment. I think was something that I didn't expect the day that we were supposed to go to the beach club and it got canceled and we sat up on the cliff by the pool and just like drank and viewed stuff and chilled and read was like one of my favorite moments of the trip. Is that what yours was? No, mine was, uh, you made a face when I said it, like you were shocked that I was saying it. No, mine was the boat day. Okay. Mine was the boat day. I mean, it was, it's the closest I've, I'll I'll probably ever feel to being in a movie. You know yeah, I mean, I mean the boat I, day was a little tainted for me, but it was still great. Yeah, I mean it was just cool. Um, it was just something that panned. I mean, I I don't want to say it panned out exactly how I thought it would, but like it lived up it it lived up to the expectations that I had for it, which were which were lofty. Um, I will. We didn't get to talk about this, but of all, all the things that we did on the trip the things that we spent money on that I'm so glad we did was the Chianti wine safari and the boat day, the boat day, I think had, you told me the price and I, I was like, Ooh, that's steep. But being on a boat by yourself and not with 20 other people that you don't know was really nice. And it was such a great way to see all of the coast. That- it also allowed us to tell, I mean, our captain tailored everything to what we wanted to do. It was right. like, well, do you guys want to go to uh like, go sightseeing do you want to just go park somewhere and swim for a bit and stuff like that and right. so it, it ended up being very nice and i mean had it not been our honeymoon i probably wouldn't have wanted to spring for that but because it was our honeymoon i wanted there to be something that was that memorable and it was that memorable there are tons of companies though that you can use yeah. i that was if you're going to amalfi you have to do a boat day it's absolutely worth it yeah that's it yeah 
Well, Sally, thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, indulging everyone who had so many questions. Uh, And thank you to everyone who reached out about the questions. Uh, I kind of didn't have plans to do an episode like this because it feels very self-indulgent to talk about this kind of stuff sometimes. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a lot easier to send someone this episode than it is to respond to every single DM that the Scaries account gets. So I hope that this was informative enough. Again, special thanks to uh, Katie at Lux and Nix. She is incredible at what she does. She helps us out so much. Go listen to her episode that I recorded with her last summer. I'm hoping I can get her on sooner than later to talk again. Uh, But overall, Sally, thank you so much for joining me. You made this a lot uh, better, and I think you offered a perspective that I never would have been able to offer had I just done this alone. Of course. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast by subscribing. You guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter, at Sunday Scaries, and Instagram, which is at Sunday.Scaries. Or you can follow me both on Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.